0: Hi, I'm Michael Briggs, and welcome to the EMA Cast. And I'm lucky enough today to be here with Hannah Young, one of our esteemed board members. And I might just kick off with Hannah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up as as one of the EMA board members?
1: Uh, well, I've had an interesting work history, so I. Uh Originally, I did a Bachelor of Sports Science, but I've never worked in the sports (laughs) sector. Um, I've worked in healthcare a long time, um, and I got involved in governance of not-for-profit boards when I set up my own charity. Um, And we uh, were running 21 aged care activity libraries throughout New Zealand, so like a toy library, but for aged care facilities. And I stepped out of that last year, but they're all still going. Um, and I currently work at Parallax as the people manager.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So um, I remember an uncle once told me get into um, aged care or early child care because it's a growth industry, and I think that obviously that that's the okay. case. So were you, were you put in libraries that people just exchange books, or was it was it more than books for the aged care?
1: Yeah, it was activities that um, catered for people with dementia and oh, other wow. conditions. Um, a lot of that equipment is very expensive. And a lot of care homes can't afford, you know, to spend a hundred dollars on a dementia-friendly jigsaw puzzle wow. um, that might only, only get used a few times. So, um, like a child's toy library, um, we set up a aged okay. activity library where they could get activities and borrow them, and then Brilliant. bring them back and get some new ones.
0: Look, that, that's a it's a great segue into because I know you're heavily involved and interested in well-being, and in your in your current role, um, that must that must take a, a lot of um, dominance of what you do a day-to-day
1: definitely um so at parallax we have a, a well-being program uh, it's evidence-based and it's very personalized so we do a lot of fun you know group activities and things but we also provide one-on-one well-being coaching okay. Um so we have three well-being coaches in our company including right. myself um, and we meet one-on-one with um, staff members at least once a year if not more um, okay. and we help them achieve goals and other things that are important to them
0: Brilliant! I think we could all use some of that, um, particularly EMA. I think we'd love that. So, look, I'm I'm here to talk to you today about the future of work. And the reason we really wanted to talk to you is, A, you've got an extensive history, um, you know, from when you began work to, to what life is not like now. And I want to hear a bit about that. But also then I want to talk about your predictions of what's coming. You know, what are people, what should they be ready for and how do we, how do we prepare for it as members? So I guess I'll kick off with, um, can you tell us about your earliest memory of the workforce, Anna, and, and what life was like back then?
1: Oh, uh, when I was a student I worked at Spotlight, uh, at the fabric counter, nice. many years ago. <laughs> um Yeah, that was my first
0: job. Yeah, <laughs> what with the condi- with you know, I don't I get this, they didn't talk about conditions and minimum wage and any of that sort of stuff. Did did they treat you well? Did it was, you know, was it a good job?
1: Yeah, it was fine when I was a student. They yeah. were quite accommodating on the hours and um yeah, it was. It was yeah, you know, I'd go and I'd sew fabric. I'd go home. It was uh, that kind of job. Um, but I love sewing in my spare time, so um, okay. I did enjoy working there just because of all the fabric and things.
0: Brilliant. <laughs> and look, when you when you finished your um, your degree, and you said you didn't go into into exercise science, what the, what was your first job outside of uni?
1: Uh, I worked at Southern Cross as a prior approvals consultant. Okay. Um, that was a really good experience because I got a lot of exposure to different medical procedures and things like that. And during my degree, I did really enjoy anatomy and rehabilitation. Okay. Um, and that's how I got into healthcare, was through that.
0: Brilliant. So, and I guess you're doing more now about the mental um, rehab than the physical rehab.
1: Yes, correct. Uh, unless we, of course, have someone who has an injury or um, maybe they have surgery or something, okay. then I'll help them with the
0: return to work planning oh, around that brilliant. as well. So it's quite a holistic program. Um, how many How many staff are at Parallax?
1: Ooh. Good question. Uh, we're in the high eighties now, I believe. Okay, <laughs> I can't think of the exact number.
0: No worries, but that, that's, so it's quite big. And and um, what what's the type of work that they do? Is it is it something that could, they can lead lead to injury or any sort of chronic stuff?
1: Um, I think our bigger biggest risks would be um, mental health and burnout, um, okay. or. Um, occupational overuse syndrome, from a lot of um, what our guys do is desk work. Okay. Um, so we um, do have to be mindful of that, um, so all our team get ergonomic assessments um, to prevent that from happening, or if they have any pain or discomfort, we highly encourage reporting so we can get onto it okay. straight away. Um, and then we also have our wellbeing programme, of course, to you know help people with their mental health or um, anything else.
0: Brilliant. See, I love that. I think from my early time at work, um, if you injured yourself, it was like, harden up. And get on with it. And now we're looking at, at workplace as um, somewhere that if you've, you're injured or you know it's a, it's a place where you can actually improve, um, so your outside life isn't isn't affected. And um, the whole well-being space, which is something I really want to get into it in a moment, um, is is on top of mind. But I'm not sure that people really understand what it means in a workplace setting. So can you just give me your your definition of well-being in the workplace?
1: Well, we spend a lot of our time at work. So my belief is that uh, work, you know, overall should be good for your mental health. Um, And people, you know, things happen at home and you can bring that to work with you. Mm. Um, So, you know, we need to be understanding and support our employees um, and, you know, make sure that they are okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree and I mean the productivity benefits um, and and decreased risk and all of those all those good things for a, for a leader and a, a manager are there but um, what do you think about the modern employee do you think do you think resilience levels have decreased or do you think the pressure has increased
1: it's an interesting question I would say it's a bit of both actually okay. um, and I think employers you know uh, the growth in the well-being space um, People are doing a lot more in that space, which is great to see. And people are becoming more accepting and knowledgeable about mental health. Mm. Um, so we are definitely making strides uh, yep. in, in that space.
0: Great. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think from a member perspective, they we have a lot of small to medium enterprises with, with one or two people. Um, and they've got to be everything to everyone and so they don't take the time for, for personal wellbeing checks and that sort of thing. Have you got any advice you could give the small end of town on, on how to just make sure they're doing okay and they're not, they're not heading towards a sort of burnout situation?
1: I would say just check in on people, that one-on-one time, even if it's just a quick coffee, a 15-minute conversation, mm. just, you know, having some time to check in how they are, how are you going, um, and just develop that relationship so, you know, they can be open with you. and. Brilliant, yeah,
0: brilliant. And when you when you're a sole operator, you, you've done a um a, comprehensive pro program B leader uh, the leadership program, um and I guess you've got contacts and connections that you could do that with. So, uh, one of the things I'd I'd encourage the members to do if they've got no um, workplace mentors is to find an external mentor.
1: Definitely, yeah. yeah and yeah. have you
0: found that's beneficial for your work that this to getting the exposure to different industries and people from different areas.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think so i had such a varied work history, it, it does give me sometimes a different perspective on things. Um, you know, I've done, uh, at the hospital, I was in a union, so, you know, and um, I did, uh, oh, what's the union role there? Oh, <laughs> like a work with rep. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a union rep and okay. things like that. So, you know, I've been on both sides, so it does give me a good round perspective of, Um, you know, what it looks like as an employer, but also as an employee. Okay. Um, Yeah, you do have to, there's two sides of the coin.
0: Yeah, (laughs) most definitely, most definitely. So look, I'm gonna um, go into now, what do you think the biggest challenges are right now for for people in in a working environment in New Zealand?
1: Oh, there's so many. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I I think as an employer, I mean, uh, recruitment is really difficult at the moment. we're definitely feeling the effects of the skill shortage. Okay. Um, it is hard to find people. Yep. Um,
0: but even on that, I mean is that <laughs> that I guess the with Parallax and the, the having the well being program, that's gotta be an attractive prospect for a potential employee. So um, is that something you promote heavily in your recruitment campaigns or yeah?
1: Yeah, it is. We definitely put it, you know, in all our job advertisements and, okay. and talk about it. Um, heavily embedded into our induction as well, um, so we have a really great induction program great. Um, where we take people, you know, through all sorts of different things, <laughs> um, but well-being's um, definitely there. Yeah. Um, we also do things like Lego Series Play oh, wow. at Parallax, okay. um, and people really enjoy that. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's not having a, a one-size-fits-all um, thing. People want to feel cared about and not just placed into a
0: box or yes yeah look and that's it triggers me back to something you said earlier about people are bringing their whole self to work and I think that um, managers they can't be overworked now and not have time for staff they've got to make time to know staff and and give them what more of what they need and less of what they don't and from um, uh, the millennials are going to be the majority of the workforce in two thousand and twenty-five. Don't know if you knew that stat, but that's something I've been pushing <laughs> out. Now these are people that check their phone on average about one hundred and fifty times a day. Um,
1: wow, never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: pretty scary stat. But um, do you do you, do you tend to categorise staff within Parallax, or do you just look at everyone as an individual?
1: I just look at everyone as an individual. Um, Your phone statistics, very interesting, because I think um, disconnecting from work um, is now a lot more difficult than it used to be. Um, So, you know, ensuring people have, you know, whether it's how their phone is set up so they don't get notifications out of hours and things like that, um, or else people will just, you know, keep replying to things when they should be at home, you know, um, enjoying their leisure time or spending time with their family. Yes. Um, So it is, uh, especially when people work from home as well. Um, it's definitely quite a big challenge to disconnect.
0: That's a good question, a, a good um, point, is the working from home. So I guess when you've got 80 people in, a, in an organization where you can you know, make sure ergonomically they're, they're sound and you know even their posture is, is great, but working from home, how do we deal with the duty of care as an employer on making sure they're safe?
1: I go visit people. Oh, great. Um, so in New Zealand, our team, uh, everyone can work from home Um, and we have a co-working space and people can just drop on and if they you know want to come work with some other people or have a meeting or something Um, so I do home visits. Oh
0: that's great yeah that's great and so uh, is that just a matter of getting consent from the employee and just yeah
1: yep and just pop on by and um, do an ergonomic assessment and you know have a chat see how they are Um, it's a good chance to check in with people as well um, and, and yeah, and just make sure they're comfortable.
0: I, I think that's really, really cool. And it, it kind of, um, it, it takes care of the, the next question I was gonna ask is how do you how do you maintain that connection with people working from home? Because I think the mental health benefits of um, just casual conversations or a quick coffee, that, you know, you bump into someone, all of that seems to be missing by, by the remote working model, which I think is where we're heading. Is, is, do you see that's where we're going as a country?
1: Yeah, and I think just having a lot more flexibility um, to do that. I mean, as a neurodiverse person, I actually find working from home really difficult um, because I love sitting around people and having that social connection. Um, So now I have a person who does what's called body doubling with me. Um, So we dial in um, to a session together um, twice a week for four hours, and we uh, tell each other what we're working on for the day, um, and then we just hang out and work. We might not necessarily talk to each other or anything, but it's just having that physical presence of someone else there Um, and it makes me feel a lot better about working at home
0: that's a great idea I think everyone could could benefit from doing that and um, yeah we always think that we have to go online for a purpose but I've got my I've got four brothers all in Australia and often on a Friday night just we'll have a drink and just have the open channel (laughs) and just talk to each other occasionally it's not like I you know have to entertain them the whole time so I think that's a really really good idea I think we should all try that. I might do that with you, Jason. We'd
1: recommend. It's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you call it the body double.
1: It's called body doubling. There's yeah. actually a lot of research about it too. So if you're interested in it, yes. just you know, give it a Google. Um, there's even online services that provide body okay. doubling now. So if you're working um, you know, by yourself, maybe you're a business and, and it's just you, mm. um, but you want some uh, company or just to feel the presence of someone there, um, yeah, they are online service. Brilliant. Look, I love
0: it. that. I love that. Uh, I think the world is moving towards more remote working as well. And you see it in job ads. People tend to gloss over ads where there's not a hybrid opportunity. You know, it's just expected. But what do you think that's going to do to the to the workforce long term is, you know, there's no more offices, it's all home-based. Is that, is that where you really see it going? Or do you see that resurgence back into the office?
1: I think it'll be a combination of both because you know as we've been talking about people do want that social connection still. Mm. Um, so I think a good mix and, and just the flexibility um, to be able to,
0: to do both. Okay yeah. good and look can I talk specifically about not-for-profit because I know you've got a really um, you know, good amount of knowledge in not-for-profits and EMAs are not-for-profit so do they operate differently really than, than a corporate or is it, is the, are the walls blended a little bit now?
1: It's hard, um, I guess with the not-for-profit it is, you do worry a lot about funding and things like that. Um, yeah, I certainly found it difficult when I was working in mine, like you you worry about where you're getting your next money from, you know, where you're getting the next lot of money from. Um, uh, but I, I guess it's different. Different not for profits, like if you're a bigger one that does get a lot of donations and things, yes, you know, that you might not have to worry about that side of things as much, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I was never able to have any um, employee staff because we couldn't give any funding, okay, you know, um, or funding that was long term, so I could guarantee that you know I could have employ someone for two years or something, you know, I might be able to have a helper for three months, and that was it,
0: wow. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's, it's tricky, and, and the funding is it can be very
0: difficult to get. Right, yeah. and I guess that's you. You do it for love, then it's a passion, and um, I think that's where the workforce might be heading to Is that you have to find a way to make an employee feel passionate about about what they do. Um, and I like to throw stats at you, Hannah, and get your get your views on these <laughs> things. You probably know this one, but um, I've heard that with some of the the more recent generations of workers we're not going to be able to judge loyalty on how long they stay it's how invested they are for the short term that they're with your company mm-hmm. um what do you think about that
1: that's a, another interesting stat
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i should have warned you about all least full all of right, stats
1: that's right. i love stats so we go oh great great <laughs> hmm. um i'm not sure it's Because the experience, yeah, at Parallax, we have a very low turnover rate. Great. And, you know, uh, I know we have a lot of loyal staff. Okay. Um, but in other businesses, yeah, people do look for the next opportunity Mm. a lot quicker than they used to. You know, so yeah, yeah, that I feel like that would be quite valid. Yes,
0: I guess maybe for the for the millennials and the 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 gen Zs, or i'm not sure gen z or gen x i always get them mixed up i think gen x is the the youngest i think so <laughs> yeah anyone out anyone out there can You're help me all these tricky yeah, Sorry, sorry I should, <laughs> should, someone can type in the in the comments what that is for us um so look i'm i'm gonna get now into crystal ball gazing hatter if i could and ask you about um what do you think are gonna be the biggest challenges for businesses in the next 20 years in New Zealand, just in New Zealand context?
1: I think it's, um, in our industry, we've got a lot of change going on at the moment. Okay. Um, we've got new qualifications in, so the barrier of entry into our industry is getting a lot more difficult, okay. um, and the cost of those qualifications as well. Yes. And um, we're starting to see the emergence of a specialist. So in our okay. industry, you know, you might have someone who's an STMS, so they're working on the road, um, and they may also draw temporary traffic management plans, do a bit of auditing and things now, but now we're starting to see who people who only draw temporary traffic management right. plans, or they're only an STMS. Um, so it is becoming a lot more specialised, okay. and that's lining up with the release of qualifications um, that align with how that's going. Okay. Um, so it's getting harder for people um, to you know change Across to a different role within our industry, mm. um, because you do now have to start having these very specific skill sets. Okay. Um, whereas you know you you could you know be an estimator, scout, auditing, draw some plans and Righty things up. like that, but it's it's getting more difficult to do that.
0: Interesting. And what do you think that would do for their long term employability? If if they become too specialised, is there a danger that you know that if that role decreases or if it you know can be automated, that they're they're out of a job?
1: I think it's, you know, people just, skills get outdated a lot faster nowadays. Um, and I think we're going to see that happen a lot more with, you know, ChatGPT coming out. Yes. What an amazing tool that is. Um, you know, so people are going to need to keep updating um, a lot more frequently. Um, so I think, you know, it'll just, people's skill level will just keep going
0: okay. you know, up and up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah brilliant. And I think that's one of the um, things that we're trying to emphasize is that, that AI and, and it's not going to replace jobs it's just going to make the current jobs more highly skilled and um, take some of the manual and repetitive sort of procedures away which I think we'd all love
1: yeah exactly and, and you know I hope it provides the opportunity for people to upskill um You know, and increase their skill range or the scope of their job because if some of it's more automated, you know, that might free them up to do other new things, which would be really great.
0: Great. Great. And I think that leads back to more well-being because it's more engaging roles and less repetition. So I think, yeah, I I see that as a a positive part of our future, the AI. So do I, yeah. As a writer, though, not sure about the AI chatbot. (laughs) That scares me a little bit. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I did get it to write me a poem about road cones and unicorns the other day and wow. it actually did a good job <laughs> That's
0: <is> brilliant <laughs> I love that, that's a, that's a good use of it I Look, I'm I'm nearly finished but I'm just going to ask um, a couple of curveball questions just to, just to mess with you, Hannah One is, you know, we've all struggled through COVID and the life has changed. Do you have any um, any kind of uh, insights or, or ways that you can Get people can get back to being excited about work again because I think I think the burnout's real and I think a lot of people are dragging their feet. Whereas maybe five years ago, life didn't look quite so so mundane. I guess
1: uh, I'm a huge fan of goal setting, so I think you know just taking a break, take take your time to reevaluate what you want to be doing. Both, you know, in your professional life and your personal life, okay. set some goals around that and you know, kind of just reset and, and start again. And you know, look to the horizon and, and make a plan for where you want to go.
0: Brilliant, yeah. I think that's a great idea.
1: I think a lot of us don't take enough time to just sometimes just reflect on you know what's been going on and, and where we want to go, and it's really
0: important to take that time. Yeah, I totally agree. And look, um, probably the last question, swinging all the way back to you as a, an EMA board member. Um, you've been on the board for
1: coming up two years. Two years, <laughs> two years.
0: So, have you seen have you seen a change in direction from for the EMA for for what we do with our members over that time?
1: Yeah, we had a fantastic strategy session earlier this year um okay. obviously i can't talk and disclose what uh, was in that um but yeah we definitely have some exciting things coming up so great um, you know i'm really proud to be on the ema board and um looking forward to some of the new things we're bringing in.
0: really well look i can tell we're lucky to have you with all of your experience and the focus on well-being is just such a such a, a great thing to have um in in the depth of knowledge across that that big table so Thank you so much for your time, Hannah. Unless you've got anything else you want to add, you could probably get back to Gulf Harbour before uh, before morning tea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's been great being here.
0: Lovely. Look, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you again, Hannah, for, for being here and giving us your, your time and your knowledge. And um, please make sure that if you liked anything here, wanted more information, uh, just comment below. But otherwise, this is the first of our board member podcast series where we're going to interview our board and get deep into their knowledge and how that can help you as a member and we know that it's going to spark a lot of different rabbit hole discussions but it's all about the future of work and we think that that's that's something that we're all struggling with and all confused about so thanks again for joining